Okay, so I know you said that um, you have just been watching Survivor, and I know you're going to want to talk about what I've been watching. And I think I even texted you about it. I don't remember specifically. I did, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, but I know you want to talk about it. I uh, recently watched the first three Ip Man movies. Oh, that's right. So good. I haven't watched the fourth yet. And you also told me there's okay. Master Z that's like an Ip Man Which, story. And, and it's kind of in between three and four. So you okay. finished three. Yeah. You know, the main dude in three who's not like a bad guy, but like, but like the kind of bittersweet anti-hero. rival. Yeah. 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 He's the main character of Master Z, the Ip Man legacy. And it's about him after it man three like what he does okay cool so it's just a cool movie but it's got some other like classic uh actors and actresses in it i'm pretty sure dave batista is the bad guy in it oh my god he's okay. the fight so like yeah. the you know how it man like in it man three uh mike tyson was which for some reason the... i'd seen that movie b- before it was kind of a fuzzy film for me. We've talked about that uh, term for us. Uh, don't quite remember it specifically. I just remember he fought Mike Tyson, but he's not playing Mike Tyson. Like his name's like Franklin or something. And I was like, no. Yeah, because it takes <laughs> That's place. Mike Tyson. Because exactly. Like I almost <laughs> wish it would have just been a time traveling Mike Tyson. Because right. It Man's a real guy based on right. Master Yip, and so the time period makes it impossible for it to be Mike Tyson. Sure. But it's Mike Tyson. <laughs> right. yeah. Similarly to how in Master Z, it's Dave Batista. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's great. But, but a, uh, a few things struck me about it on uh, rewatching these movies and, and really... I mean, firstly, I want to watch more foreign films. I mean, I, I've, I've watched some on the long list of uh, movies I've tried to get to and I've gotten to a, a good few. But it just makes you recognize how much you really have to pay attention because... Mm-hmm. I try not to like I like getting in the zone when I'm watching movies uh, and like really trying to zone in. But sometimes, you know, you check your phone, look at something, especially put it away. this last year. Yeah. You kind of forget movie etiquette having not been to the theater. Right. You can check your phone at home and no one's going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, like yeah, someone in the seat behind you. Yeah. Um, like a little kick <laughs> but when you have to pay attention i'm especially with these movies because there's sort of two modes of it there's incredible yes. fighting and just like mind-blowing choreography and then there's like also really deep beautiful stories being told as well <laughs> yeah man. that you need to be reading in order to unless you listen to uh, unless you use the like english dub which netflix never... auto does and i i'm so mad every time i, like, I never understand that man like that netflix auto settings. english dubs the show dark i yeah. started watching it english dubbed and yep. was like i don't like the show and then my brother was like oh no no you got to watch it with the subtitles because the actors are really good and like you don't get the acting without their vocal performance too so i switched it to the subtitles i think that show is uh german yeah and holy shit the show was way better (laughs) it's a great show and i have not even watched it man uh dubbed but it kind of reminds me of okay dude let let me just real quick let me just uh, it auto played with the english dub uh, and the third one so most of them don't start with characters talking very quickly um and so I got it in time, but with the third one, Ip Man talks like within the first couple minutes, and the voice is so wrong. It's so wrong. It's like I don't know. It's like it sounds like a um, like a short, skinny white like 
kind dude who's just like, hey, what's going on? Like, it's, <laughs> it's not right. It's no, because, right. like, it man not has fitting. a specific, Donnie Yen has a specific, yes. like, cadence. And that's why he, it, his it man is so good. Yeah. His voice, his performance, like, everything about it. Um, two, two shouts two shouts outs shouts outs um one i actually made a video about the it man series that's right so that's if, right I'll if, if anyone listening right now is like oh i've not i've watched those movies i would love to watch a reaction to them uh i made a video it's called why the it man series rules that's right uh, i remember we'll being really insightful too i gotta rewatch if that i too, remember too i think i dance around spoilers i don't think i have any but there are a couple clips in there so I would watch all of the movies before you dive in, but you don't have to. There's, it's not gonna like spoil the shit out of them. Yeah, I um, feel like most people are sort of uh, when they're hearing about a new thing, uh, sort of you know, I don't really care if I see a mild spoiler or something. I am very yeah. much like I don't want to see anything. Um, but I feel like most people I talk to are like, I'm okay seeing something. I'll probably forget it by the time I get there anyway. And this is the kind of series that is very popcorny. Like yeah. it's okay if you right. couple little things. So the other thing I wanted to check out minor his... shout out was the Raid series. Yeah. I don't know if you've watched it. Yep. Um, my I bought that movie on Amazon, the second one, Raid Two, and it is auto English dubbed now. Oh no! With no option no. for the original language and no. subtitles. Isn't that weird? Why would they do? I that? bought it and watched it, and it was good. And then, like a year later, boom. Well, uh, that's extremely frustrating and uh, makes yeah. me want to move on, as well as uh, trying to uh, address a very special guest we have on today. We've been having uh, people periodically hop on the show to talk about episodes. Sam also talked on, uh, about a movie. Maybe we'll have more people on for movies, but uh, that's beside the point. Um, my friend and uh, someone I looked up to as I was doing my acting training in the BFA uh, program at the Guthrie Theater U of M uh, program, uh, and I've been able to keep in, talk, keep in contact periodically with since uh, graduating. Kevin Gotch is joining us today. Uh, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm a I'm a fan, and I, I love your guys' uh, critiques of all the Avatar episodes. And uh, well, I appreciate that. You, and you thanks. buttered me up so nicely. It was <laughs> <laughs> so thank you. I tried. Uh, I mean, yeah. So uh, what what we've been doing with our guests is uh, to introduce them, let people get a flavor for you. I am going to pose the question to you. What kind of bender do you think you are? Oh, you know, I I actually had this discussion um, with my girlfriend last night because I just wanted to, like, check in to see what my perception is versus other people's. That's been a big, like, part of this Yeah, I love discussion. hearing that. Yeah. yeah and it... I, I often find out that people had it before we even posed it as, like, a... Like, oh, I'm going to be on the podcast, so I need to know this. Like, people usually have had this talk. Yeah. Mm. Like, <laughs> yeah. anyone who likes Avatar <laughs> thinks about this. Yeah. And um, I uh, I was really happy to have it with Annie because she uh, she literally just saw the series. So oh, okay. um, uh, awesome. she had never seen it before, and I had seen it as a kid. So I rewatched the whole thing with her. And nice. we're in the process now of watching Korra, which I actually have never finished. I just saw the first season when I was a kid, and then... Yeah, never revisited. That's me. I've only um, watched that first. I think the first half of the first season. Yeah, wasn't it broken up into two halves or something? Yeah, and you gotta it, finish. You gotta finish the first season, in my opinion, to really get the proper flavor for the show. 
Uh, I agree. But... The, f- the first season is really well-crafted. It, it Wait, does... so are you mid-season two now? Yeah, towards the end. I think I'm two okay. away from the end of the se- second season. S- season two is not great. <laughs> yeah. It gets yeah, better, I'm... though. It gets better, though. <laughs> I'm thinking better. that, too. I feel bad saying it because I don't like to judge shit before it, you know, before, you know, making a final verdict. You got to see the whole thing. Yeah, I feel the same, but I also like to prepare people that like season two, like it was weird. It's a Parks and Rec thing, right? Where he, yeah, it's a beautiful thing, amazing thing. Yeah, if you don't like that first First season, season, I get out of here watching. (laughs) Yeah, um, but yes, so to go back to your question, um, I had a conversation with Annie and she she and I were basically in agreement of both of us were kind of a split between water and earth. And I think if I had to pick for myself, I would almost say there's a stubbornness to earth that I connect to. And Mm. there's maybe like a, a listening and waiting. But that's also a very active trait in water bending as well. So I feel like I don't know how to phrase it, but. To me, listening is a very key part of my life, and it's just reflected in everything I do, whether it be just my personal interest in music, or it would be how I view the world in general. So I think something that prioritizes listening, and I know that not every earthbender is like Toph, who's a mega listener. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah. So I think maybe if I had to be pinned, a waterbender. Okay. But yeah. Because like I don't think that every earthbender has that that quality because you know sure. there's tough but then there's also like the boulder. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. I feel like the show frames more often to be the case yeah, for earthbenders. Yeah, exactly. Is, so, is a, which is a boulder type guy. Totally. Right. Which is why I definitely have to go with water bending just because I think I'm more consistent with the benders that the show shows. Sure. Yeah, like Katara, be she's super, super patient and super, super stubborn. You know, mm. like she listens and waits. Yeah, that's true. Too. We see that happen in this episode. Actually, her yeah. needing to like wait and listen and take a moment, and we see her stubbornness as like a person who cares about people. Yeah, We've seen that right. in the past with her being like, "I will never back down on those who need me." Like that is her. That quality. That's what I love about the show. You can have like these qualities of benders, but yeah, they they all mix. Yeah, at points. Yeah, you know. I think in my head that there's a distinct difference in like the listening involved with water bending and earth bending, where earth bending is more like you become a rock and like feel the stillness so that you can like judge what happens through that. Whereas with mm-hmm. water, like you're much more aware of like the changing of the tides and it's like listening to totally, you know, mm-hmm. how things are flowing around you and what's flowing inside you as well. Which... I'm imagining Iroh having to literally like when lightning is bent at him and he bends it, he can't just like decide when that happens. It's all about yeah. going with that flow, yeah. listening and waiting yeah. for the, the flow of lightning or else obviously he would just get struck. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, and he has that line where he like throws it away to Zuko when he first shows that to uh, Zuko, where he's just like, "Yeah, and I learned this technique from the waterbenders, and yeah, I incorporated right. it into firebending, which is like so fucking cool that they can oh, be yeah. influenced by each other." And they're like, "Oh, yeah. I'm taking a piece of that," and yeah. So, the, what are yours? Like both of yours? 
what do you oh. come back to or does it change every time i actually feel similar uh between earth and water i think i settled on water um as well mostly because of especially watching it through this time again i've noticed a lot of that sort of being in tune with change and thriving on change and mm. i very much identify with that and like trying to be in tune of like the cycles of emotion and life and you know those sort of things i very much connect to mm. uh i think I said, I think I said this last time that I really wish I was a waterbender. That would be so cool. But I'm totally a firebender. Isn't that what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that what, what that, we, right? What we came to. We decided yeah. because it's like uh, the impulsiveness and the, uh, I forgot the word that master. Oh, what's his name? Oh, Zhang Zhang. That Zhang? teaches it. Zhang Zhang. He uses like, he describes firebending in the way that makes me go yeah that's pr uh, that's probably what i would, <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. I, would I don't yeah. mean that to be like you know no right. i'm a shitty guy i mean that no. more just like right i'm pretty impulsive i'm a pretty like emotionally charged yeah. by like something can really make me upset something can really make me happy and, like, and i think it would well. be expressed through my bending like yeah mm. and iroh is someone who i consider like my favorite character oh, and absolutely. someone i oh, yeah. thrive to follow like uh his like words and like messages so like you know there's good firebenders <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think it's a spectrum right? and then there's like the the poise like that's underneath all of the, like or like the calculating sort of firebender as opposed to the totally quick fire sort of sure. gut reaction yeah. totally like you could totally say azula is like a carefully like reserved and planned yeah. planning person she is but like also <laughs> can be like a, i'm just gonna blow this up yeah. person you know yeah she's like a fucking ti-83 with all the fucking <laughs> calculations she's doing Serious. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> well uh we should probably start getting into the heart meat the 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 substance the black bean patty of the show <laughs> i love that you always give the black bean patty a shout out because you know back to that very first episode man yeah you're listening to a new lens uh i'm calvin this is a podcast gary and i started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers uh we've been watching avatar the last airbender episode by episode and we are on season three episode eight the puppet master <laughs> oh my god this episode's this episode's yeah. so good you guys this episode had to have aired on halloween or something it did. right no it did it, it, it aired just oh. before halloween uh in 2007 man okay i've man. said this before before i dive into the recap of the episode which i will do right away mm -hmm. uh i always love a good classic kids channel halloween special yeah like mm. i've said i wish there was a website where you could go to <laughs> and watch all of the disney channel all of the discovery kids all of the cartoon network and all of the nickelodeon halloween specials yeah. of every show mm. because that was always my favorite time of year they'd be <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they would show like a lizzie yeah. mcguire clip from the <laughs> episode where they have a costume contest and yeah. then they would show like phantom of the megaplex i don't know yeah that's yeah and there's always that like that a little said, graphic in the corner with like a pumpkin and it's like yeah, yeah with bat during the show <laughs> yes oh man disney channel instead anyway. of the like mickey symbol had like three pumpkins or some or something like that oh yeah, yeah totally yeah, like, yeah. totally or or the disney logo with bat wings would fly away or right something. yeah exactly. uh 
that being said, this is like this holds up so well compared to most like all right we need to like halloweenify this show right this does not feel like wait this is a spooky episode right and it doesn't feel i don't know it's just like organically placed within the context of what we've you know gathered Mm -hmm. and also very much spookier than anything else the show has done. So, right. like, it's just the yeah. cool... I love that. Oh, also, yeah. I feel that like said, uh, th- this season has been starting to do a lot more, like, cinematic homages. You know, like... Yes! We had the like headband genre. with, like, a Footloose episode. We totally. we had, you know, that uh, <laughs> town that was, you know, covered in the pollution and the, like, you know, Katara mm-hmm. going out. That feels very cinematic in, in a way, especially the montage yeah. at the end. We have that. It's like, like Fern Gully the... almost. <laughs> yeah. The very yeah. last episode where they had the like in media res start where you have the three days earlier thing and all that. And this just totally. feels like another like real cinematic. And, you know, we were talking, I think, before recording about uh, appreciating kids media just a lot more it's cool teaching them cinematic language you know like oh absolutely like a really that's, good example of that and i think that that is like the hugest or the biggest reason why i'm like i want to make horror movies like sure. i want to make movies that's something that i mean we talk about being amateur filmmakers and adults mm-hmm. in every episode but <laughs> like horror is like my favorite genre horror i do that so people don't think i'm saying horror every time because i sometimes i'm like you're watching i'm watching horror movies and people what (laughs) i'm like i horror are you allowed to horror Horror. is that streaming or (laughs) (laughs) but uh i think that the um that boldness of like creators Mm. that make kids content uh being like fans of the genre going okay how can we allow kids to be fans of this genre too mm-hmm. this is a perfect example of that because like the whole episode is accessible to children and very creepy yeah. and as an adult oh, yeah. i was still creeped out mm-hmm. it wasn't like yeah. oh these things that make the horror genre uh like good aren't there it's just like creepy to kids no like the things that make horror good were apparent to me now mm. yeah um so i'm just gonna dive into a little recap now that i'm on my little talk and roll uh basically this episode starts with a dope like <laughs> ghost story they're sitting around a campfire in the middle of the woods telling ghost stories um it's funny at first but then actually gets creepy there's a creepy ghost story which we will talk about Mm -hmm. and they're overheard by an old woman who approaches them scares the crap out of them and then is like hey i've got an inn you shouldn't be out in the cold come with me and they're like awesome so they go to this old woman's inn and at first are kind of creeped out and a little bit uh who is this lady so after going shopping with her the next day they kind of poke around her house and they find an old like chest and they're about to go open it up and she just shows up and she's like, you know what? I'm going to just tell you what's in there. <laughs> it's a comb from the Water Nation. I'm from the Southern Water Tribe. Yep. Hello. And it's like a big deal. Like so, uh, there's like this sort of epic like, like Dolly Zoom on uh, Sokka and Katara realizing it. And mm-hmm. they have a water be- or a water tribe dinner made with uh, the closest things that they can in the fire nation and she tells them the story of what happened to all the waterbenders in the southern water tribe including her mm. and how she escaped and it's a really uh interesting story that is elaborated on later 
And she tells Katara, I'd like to train you and pass down the techniques of the Southern Water Tribe mm. waterbenders. Mm. And she's like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so cut to later and... Um, this whole time we've been hearing about disappearances in this town during the full moon. So Toph and uh, Sokka and Aang go to like investigate while Katara goes to train with who uh, is now we've known her name is Hama, which is a total water tribe name, which is cool too. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we, you know, this this mm-hmm. connection is being built with her and Katara training her um, with like pulling water out of plants and thin air, which is like kind of, you know, Katara mentions like her sweat bending and yeah that goes down a path which is interesting and as it is uh as i was saying toff and ang and Sokka investigate these disappearances and they find out about a man who actually got out of this thing old man ding and great, talk to him great character <laughs> awesome <laughs> sorry i'm kind of rambling this is no, a really like fast episode where a lot happens yeah. boom yeah. and then it's over but basically, Old Man Ding tells them their people, uh, I was pulled under the mountain where Toph remembers hearing screams from earlier in the episode. So they go and find people chained under the mountain who then tell them, yo, it wasn't a spirit. It was a person who, uh, I don't, I don't want to do that reveal right now. We'll do it naturally while we're talking. About it. Can I? No, I can't. I have no, to, right? No, like, to, I mean, it's Hama. Yeah. She's the bad guy of the episode. <laughs> and it turns out that she used a technique called blood bending Ooh. to trap them, which we cut to her trying to teach yep. Katara. And we'll elaborate on what that is. And basically, it ends with a showdown between Katara and Hama. And it's like a showdown of good and evil. Mm. And this whole episode is creepy as fuck. Mm. And yeah, I think that's it. I think I did an okay job. Yeah, A little long of a recap, but did I miss anything? I don't think so. No, I think you're right. We talk a lot about the first shot. Well, I I bring up very often the first shot of the show. I was excited for you too. um, <laughs> it's so good. I don't know why There's... it like made me. It gave me goosebumps seeing it. Yeah. There's these, well, the music before they even plucks. open yeah, on the shot. They even fade on it. There's ding, these creepy ding, plucking, ding, ding. and then you see just the moon, which is such a central part of the plot of this episode. Mm-hmm. And then an even wider shot of this huge plane of what we will learn are called these fire lilies, which mm-hmm. is also like, I mean. It's, it's strictly beautiful. speaking, like plot point wise, not vital, but for like the story being told, it's like the, the, oh, the, the it's, like the it's great. It's such a good construction of like an opening shot because you get so many different thoughts rushing in. Cause like, I always think like every, every episode is like a new story. So the creators of the show have to do something to their audience to be like, remember when this happened? Right. And they do that in the recap as much as they can just to kind of prime people. But if you didn't watch the recap, you just kind of have to go in. And this is like a really, I, I don't know if like every episode is like this because I hadn't looked at every episode critically mm-hmm. um, in, in the same sense um, that I did for this show, but um, this episode. So like, but for this episode specifically, I would say that the way that images kind of reappear are reinforced and then like they remind you of things in the past yep. and um, of characters 
is really intelligent because like there's not a scene or a moment that is wasted on it is like a guide it's basically like a subliminal guide to the show and you're just like where did we see this last what was this happening with oh who was this person again that's right this was happening when this and there's just even like a lot of asides that are just they don't really go any further with certain things but then every time they mention it it just takes the story further which is really great i yeah i'm really impressed by the the cinematography, for lack of a better term, and animation yes. for this yeah. episode, the storyboarding mm-hmm. and all of that. Storyboarding, yeah. I, I love the, I love this. The stories Sokka's telling are so bad and all sword based. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like the haunted like the sword, man with the sword for an arm better. Yeah, and you just realize that he's probably told like <laughs> six ghost stories that he made up on the spot about his sword. Yeah, yeah. it's like variations on a theme. <laughs> Which makes you think, like, why did Katara not bring up this story sooner? <laughs> like, why didn't after the first bad sword-based story that he told, was she like, well, I suppose because it's genuinely Once she tells creepy. It, and... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want to tell that story. It would take a lot to get me to, you know? Yeah, that's like, a A lot of annoying soccer. Yeah, <laughs> I love this, uh, this scene just happening, though. The fact that they're telling scary stories to each other, like... I love the little tastes of just what they do in the time that they're traveling that we don't see, you know? Yeah, we're not talking about the Fire Lord. We're not talking about the Day of Black Sun. We're <laughs> right. not training. We're just kids traveling, taking a break from yeah. the, you know, the world plot. Yeah. It's, like, really natural so and cool. what do you... What do you two think about the story that she tells? Because uh, she tells the story about her mother had this friend, Nini, who went missing. They went to her house. No one found her, but her mother stayed behind. And Nini was suddenly there, but like blue and frozen in place and saying she couldn't get warm. And Katara even like turns to Sokka like and goes, I'm so boys. cold. I can't warm up. And Sokka's like, ah! Um, it is creepy and it's re- too, she like... does like a really successfully creepy voice um, yeah. and then it's said that to this day they see her they see smoke coming from her chimney thinking Dude, that she's still that's... trying to get warm I'm getting chills right now it's... while you're telling this story it is scary to me I don't know why it it's so scary, scary but it's terrifying to me. I, I think, think it's heightened it by the f- well I think it's heightened by the fact that like it, it, it's like when you picture the Southern Water Tribe, you picture like very minimal landscape. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you have like one thing in the landscape highlighted in, yeah. and it's weird. Yeah, just the chimney and the Yeah, it's just like this is, this is like I'm not seeing things. This is the only thing on my view right now. Yeah. This is <laughs> right. what I'm seeing. It's All creepy. Think about. And I, to, to kind of answer your question, Calvin, it, to me is creepier because I can't in my head connect it right away. Like I'm not thinking it's the spirit world. Cause why would she be cold and trying to warm up? Cause right. this feels like a ghost story yeah. in a world where ghost stories haven't, aren't um, okay. Like if it was like, <laughs> we saw the spirit of Mimi, sure. it wouldn't be a big deal. Cause like they right. deal with spirit shit all the time, mm. but because it's a, ghost story because she's like that makes sense actually, like yeah. like the zombified blue corpse of her friend rather than the i don't know like there's yeah. some slight separation from it's almost uh, like a limbo yeah, yeah like i'm i i like to think that it's 
within this universe this is scary and unexplainable yeah because mm-hmm. like within the context of this universe there's so much uh the afterlife like isn't unexplainable they kind of like everyone kind of knows like that the spirit world is a thing and like right i don't you know what i mean by that yeah. it's it's a little bit less uh the idea of what a ghost is isn't as scary as the ghost itself sure which is what makes this fucking so creepy to yeah. me just like the idea that they even did this I, in this world i like, like that because you have to almost like reach like farther for fantasy in that right world yeah. if you lived in it yeah the fact that this is scaring them and has scared her like family for multiple generations makes me oh, yeah. terrified yeah. i am uh. so scared <laughs> and then if this moment wasn't scary enough Toph suddenly stands up and she's like <laughs> oh hey just so you know I can hear people screaming under the mountain. This moment is like kind of just like shrugged off almost. Yeah, I don't know and why, I, but at the same time, I'm, they must be scared. Well, it's not I completely think shrugged why. off. They're just interrupted in that moment yes. by a creepy old lady showing up and saying, the fact that well, hello, it just kid. stopped when she says, it just stopped. I'm yeah. like, oh God, what yeah. does that mean? And I even after finishing the episode and knowing why they're screaming, I'm still the line. It just stopped. Creeps me out because I'm like, what uh, did she do? Here's why the lady the Hama was there listening to the story. That's how she knew that they were from the water tribe. And uh, when Toph says this, she recognizes that they're all screaming and stops them. Right. I'm just imagining that, though, Ugh. what she does to stop them. <laughs> like. Her stopping them is the scariest idea. Oh, or which, yeah, which uh, implies like she can control multiple people easily. It, maybe a slightly more possible route would be that she made like blood rush to Toph's ears or something Holy like that. Holy fuck! Toph. Oh shit! <laughs> That's not even okay, you know? dude. That's Damn. not even okay. Oh man, yeah. Oh. Uh, I hope no one listens to this podcast right before watching the episodes. What? That would be <laughs> the worst. If you do that, stop right now. Go watch go the episode watch. and come back. I mean, you already heard this synopsis. Um, True. Uh, this lady shows up. She says, hello, children. And they're all terrified. And then they play the balance because uh, a lot of the beginning of this episode, the first half of this episode, is sort of going back and forth on the balance of like, is she trustworthy? Is she creepy? And I think this first shot of her face with the lighting from the campfire, mm-hmm. it's not like distinctly scary, but it is, you know, lighting from below a little like um, uh, uncanny valley, like not exactly what what you'd like to see, but it's not like outwardly creepy. Yeah. Um, it's like a ghost hunter where he's just like, I got a blip. Right. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> we've got, we, we've got shadows on her face. Make a mark. Uh well, she says she has an inn nearby and so they all Sokka's, they all yes, go back please. to the inn. Yes. <laughs> Classic Sokka. Um and they they go back to this inn. Uh Katara's saying you have a, a lovely inn on your hands, and I'll keep saying inn over and over again. Um and she tells them, uh, you know, those woods that you're in that you were camping in are dangerous. People have been disappearing um from those woods. It's said that on when the moon is full, 
uh, people will walk into the woods and never walk out. And doesn't she even like go into when the moon is full? Yeah, people walk in yeah. and never come out. I find it it's just like yeah. boing, boing. you know, there's like a, yep. oh, up. and then she just like stands up. <laughs> She more says tea? something like, can I get any more tea? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, there's totally like yeah. a comedic beat. I love that kind of stuff. And I, I think that this is kind of a cool moment from her. Like, you could wonder like, why is she doing that? Right. But now when they find out about this later, it won't be weird that she didn't tell them. Right. Because it would be weird yeah. if she didn't tell them yeah. about this. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, this is kind of point. casting a little suspicion off of her, I think. Totally. And it's smart, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's the thing to do as a member of this town. I am obligated yeah. to tell you this as opposed to like, I'm giving away my secrets, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love like the that. scene addressing that they have been like sleeping on the ground and so here's Sokka in a huge comfy bed for the first time but the building is like all creaky so you know he hears a sound and gets up with his sword and I love that he's so attached to this sword it's a part of like so much of what he does and he's like oh it feels I don't natural know. too though at this point you know it it's feels like, like it's not just a Sokka thing anymore now it's like his sword oh, just like yeah. his boomerang you know it's not it's a cool. temporary thing it's like actually yeah Something. It's reached that level. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. Uh, no worries. But I, I love him saying, um, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to fall asleep. And then the style of transition. There's this yeah, like, like a film, film. like chunk, like panel goes yes. down, panel comes down from above of him just very cool. Passed out. <laughs> it's like it made me laugh and then rewind and watch it again yeah. to see that transition. Right. Because it's such a cool like unique transition and and the show has a lot of those where they just like and it's you know, for the but... purpose of comedic effect like the transition exactly adds to the yeah. comedy yeah that and moment. it feels like a physical film transition it doesn't feel like an animated one you know what i mean like yeah. you like you did it we're not a video podcast <laughs> yeah. so for our all of the people listening we, hand on Calvin top of did like a he like used his hands yeah. to show the the film reel going <laughs> into the net i don't know yeah yeah anyway um and then they cut to him just on the ground uh yeah like he went he, he yeah. slept the he, he slept so Best hard sleep of his life yeah um but he's he's woken up to this woman standing over him which is a little creepy but then katara walks into frame so it's slightly better but she mm. says it's time to go shopping which mm. uh in a previous episode is what cheered Sokka up but shopping but he's kind of bummed in this moment and i attribute yeah. it to two different things firstly that was specifically let's go buy you stuff <laughs> like that that yeah. last one and then also um it goes from him just being woken up after sleeping in you know a comfy bed so grumpy to him being the one carrying all of the stuff that yeah. they're buying and grumpy. So. so you get why he, yeah, right. like they showed you why he was grumpy because he knew that would happen. Yeah, I like that. And it's. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say it's a classic trope. Mm -hmm. Just like not wanting to carry the bags, you know? Yeah, I like that like Sokka's version of like what shopping I like is like when other people like I did throw throw something on the pile and I keep going. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But like when he's in the other, you know, he's got yeah. a different position. He's just right. like, fuck this. <laughs> like, Which I actually can super relate to. It's like when you go to Target with anyone else. Mm -hmm. If you go alone to Target, it's Target. You're like, sweet, I'm in Target. 
but like when you're with someone else suddenly you remember like oh we gotta get we groceries get that, and like uh, get milk what's, what's left on the list mm-hmm. uh, flour i can't just look at movies for like 25 minutes come on i want to see what five dollar deals they've got uh, frozen vegetables are melting we gotta go. no um well katara mentions to uh hama that one of the vendors they just talked to seemed like he, you know, was very friendly with her. And she was like, maybe you could go get us a free something from him. <laughs> she was, And uh, Hama says, you would have me use my feminine charms to take advantage of him? Mm. I think we're going to get along great. <laughs> yeah. She says, um, she says swimmingly, which swimmingly. is like, which is a, I, I oh. think mostly unintentional, but really good pun. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. really like oh, oh swimmingly, totally like water benders. <laughs> she's, she's trying to drop a tiny hint to see if Katara's eyebrows raise or yeah. something. Also, this episode in particular, I was like, holy blue eyes, Katara. Yeah, I know it's been a thing throughout this season, but there, I think it's the uh, colors of this town right. make her it's eyes pop even more. Red. Yeah. There's a lot of red and brown, and whole, even Hama's eyes aren't, because we find out later what we find out, but she's to, like, I think it's to help animate her age, is they kind of gray yeah, her eyes gray. a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, holy blue eyes, Katara. And in this scene, like, when they're walking through the town, I was like, you, you can't hide it. <laughs> 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 yeah, they need but, color you know, contacts in the Avatar see what they But see? It, it, it works, know. you know? Uh, they... They walk by this guy who's talking about how he won't have a shipment of bananas in because he can't send them out for uh, he can't someone send someone out to get them for two days because the next night is uh, the full moon, mm-hmm. uh, and so they hear more about this. And uh, Sokka points out that uh, this sounds a lot like some spirit world shenanigans, which mm-hmm. it and makes it does. totally total sense that. That like the last time they encountered some the closest thing they've encountered to this is in the first season when uh they appeased Haybai, who was angry about the forest uh mm-hmm. being struck down. Um And I would I think he's even kind of referencing the uh the lady, the painted lady too, being oh, like yeah, sure. we fixed this town and the painted lady was, was you know, rude. I don't know that he knows about sure. the painted lady saying thank you to to Katara, but as an audience, we recognize like mm-hmm. it literally a lot of the things that they do are connected directly to the spirit world. It's like, duh. And yeah. it would make sense for a show at this point to be there like this episode would sensibly be about um them having gotten this thing down and Mm. doing it easily you know what i mean like i when he said that i think the first time i ever saw this as a kid i was like sweet like they've got their shit together (laughs) and that's almost what makes the twist even better because it's like Mm. so far from something they've ever dealt with you know right Sokka goes up to confront uh hama and just sort of be like what's up with this town like what's it's very mysterious and she's like a mysterious town for mysterious children and uh at this point doing that voice i'm remembering that i have not yet called out the voice actor for hama is tress mcneil who i immediately recognize her voice because she's done so much voice work i mean i also grew up on uh a good bit of The Simpsons, but a lot of Futurama. 
and she does so many voices in both of those shows. She is oh, Dot yeah. from Animaniacs. Oh, uh, sure. She was in like the original <laughs> Scooby Doo's. Like this is a huge get Damn. for their casting uh, in, in this show. Um, so yeah, and she's incredible for this role because she can play the sort of like unassuming old lady and mm-hmm. get really. <laughs> really terrifying <laughs> like literally what i wrote down when i was watching this this episode again was like that line is basically like fuck around and find out saga yeah. <laughs> like, like i don't know good fucking luck very true yeah um but she tells them to 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 go back to the inn with the groceries and she'll pick something else up and and meet mm. them uh back at the inn and Sokka starts getting uh, very uh, suspicious after that sort of, you know, ominous answer to his question. And I love uh, Katara says, I don't know, she kind of reminds me of Gran Gran. And at that moment, she picks up a head of lettuce. And in the pattern of, like, the lettuce, it looks like an old lady's face. Yeah, it's, yeah, I've it noticed like that too. Gran Gran. <laughs> uh, I just thought that was really funny. Um Sokka's like, well, what does that answer mean? And she's like, well, we were being pretty mysterious. Just a bunch of kids randomly camping in the woods. Like, kind of mysterious. And Yeah, Katara's, like, comebacks are real on point in this episode. She's yeah, like, I don't absolutely. know. Maybe don't, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and then Sokka takes his suspicion off throughout the inn and tries, uh, you know, investigating the, the whole place. And Katara's, I mean... I get both sides. Who are it's you? It's another in this situation. Scene. Uh, in this scene, I was thinking I'm totally Sokka. In this scene, like there will be, a, there would be a point where I'd be like, I'm snooping. I don't care. I think. I'd are be you Katara. a snooper or are you the? Come on now, this isn't our house. I think I'd be Katara <laughs> because at this point they don't have enough like damning evidence other than like one oh, yeah. creepy answer. Like she took us in, she let us stay for the night. You know, we helped her go shopping and she said one kind of weird thing to you. And now you're like breaking through her house. And like, I think to me, the line grays because it's an inn. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. It's like I if I were Sokka, I would be like, I thought this is the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Uh, I don't know how we got in here. The old temporary amnesia trick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the puppets are pretty creepy, um, yeah. and they get even creepier later. But again, I, I feel like back. I mm-hmm. I connect with with Katara in this moment because Sokka's like, "Come on, old lady innkeeper!" Like with a bunch of creepy puppets, come on. And she's yeah. like, "She has a hobby. She's someone with the hobby." But you yeah. can hear in her voice that she's yeah. like, "She's this starting is a bit to break. weird." Yeah, yes. But she's trying to be like, she's trying to justify it, and I feel like that's probably you know still would... where I would be. Yeah. sell this moment because i was gonna wait till the end to like be like hmm. do you remember but i'm sure you you were aware maybe not though maybe this is gonna make you go whoa huh. all of the puppets are the people she has are Their they faces. are they really at least two of them oh, there's a, a man and a woman with a facial hair and the woman has like a haircut that i was like i'm gonna look for those and then when they go underground later they were there Okay, so really I shit. think that okay. if they would have found some wow. missing posters, some wanted posters yeah. or something, or like missing persons posters, this would have been it. Because they would have been oh, like, yeah. right. what the fuck? <laughs> that would have been cool if they like 
yeah, had encountered that in the episode. Oh, man, that would have been great. I'm like 70% sure on that one, too, because I didn't rewind to double check. I just was like, I'm going to look for that facial hair because he had like the uh, the long mustache with a little fire mustache. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. totally. And then another guy had a similar uh, facial hair, but had gray hair. And those were like the two guys who had speaking lines. Mm -hmm. And then the woman who had a speaking line, I think had a puppet as well that's mm. so oh, like that'd be, i don't so know cool. holy sure shit well here's another like line between like who's right in this situation and where would you be is like and also that they're drawing between this is an inn and this is where this woman lives and it's like her home they go mm-hmm. upstairs and he finds this locked door and he's like why would she have a locked door and it's like <laughs> yeah, see that's where i would be like because she <laughs> because owns she owns the, an inn and maybe people like Katara's, you open it up and it might Another yeah. good Katara comeback. She's yeah. like, well, maybe because of people like you who are trying to snoop around. <laughs> yeah, it's like, give exactly. them five seconds. They want to steal her shit. Like, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> Sokka looks through the keyhole and he sees nothing but this little chest in front of the window with the sunbeam coming down on it. And uh, I think he's hesitating. And then Toph says, maybe it's filled with treasure. And he goes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that sound. Top that is like an agent of chaos. She she's really just, is. Yep. She's just like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, Sokka uses his sword to break into this room. He tries to get into the chest and he can't. But then Toph, again, <laughs> trying to support, let's do whatever the fuck we want. Uh, and also another uh, callback, as you were talking about, Kevin, like a really good blueprint for like bringing things back in the show. Uh, she takes this bracelet off of her bicep, and I love that she wears it on her bicep too. I don't know why. It's like she yeah, could wear it as like cool. a wrist bracelet, but I love that it's just like wrapped around. Yeah. She like, no. morphs this um, like meteor ma- uh, mineral material yeah. into the shape of a key, and she starts to open it. And I love Katara in this scene has gotten sucked in at this point because <laughs> it is there's a little weird, but she keeps saying like we shouldn't do that. But then she's like watching closely as she's breaking <laughs> yeah, in, like, and then she's like, "All right, I'm done with this," and she walks away. And then when she does get the thing open, all four of them are like all up on this chest, mm. and that's when they hear the voice behind them. Uh, Hama comes and she says, "I'll tell you what's what's inside of uh, the the chest." She's can, slow. There's a suspenseful music. Can uh, I yeah. just? I like how Sokka hands it over. Yeah. Just being like, yeah. I'm sorry. I did it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I lo- Can I just say that I think Toph hears Hama the whole time? <laughs> like she knows she's there. Why wouldn't she? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think of that. Toph really is just like, she, fuck, she just, fuck everyone yeah. right now. I'm just going to let this play out and see what happens. Wow. Uh, that's a really good point. Because at the end of the day, she could be like, I'm blind. I'm just following them. <laughs> if like, she can hear I don't people know what the fuck screaming is going under the mountain, she can certainly hear somebody walking up the stairs of a creaky old inn. Okay, but now I'm thinking again about the blood rushing to the ears oh, idea. That theory. And I'm like, oh my God. Uh, that's just a cool little that theory really that like Hama makes it so tough, can't hear extra shit whenever they're around, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, yeah. Ooh, that's creepy to think about. Uh, but there's this big buildup, uh, audio buildup, visual buildup as she's lifting what's in the chest. And it is a blue, seemingly like sort of whalebone, like, like whale other bone. things that we've seen. Water tribe comb. 
and she says it's her most prized possession from growing up in the Southern Water Tribe. Whoa! And that, I, I sort of alluded to my thoughts on this as you were recapping, Gary, but I love that this sort of feels like the reveal. But you're also yeah. so early in the episode that you're like, there's still stuff going on. People are disappearing. Mm. We hear the screaming. It's so cool. And stuff, but like, oh, this explains why she's being so, you know, reserved with information mm. and sort of ominous. It's brilliant. It's like now you're like the breath you you let out a breath when she right. says this. And you're like, oh, this whole thing was like a joke mm. horror setup for an actual pleasant twist. Right. But uh, <laughs> uh twist number I actually two saw the way. vocal fry on my on my audio recorder just like that was some vocal fry sorry about that uh well she says uh what she was getting the materials she was getting today were to cook them surprise them with a traditional water tribe meal um, and she says, you know, this certain thing, I forget exactly what it was, but it's not exactly ocean like kumquats. ocean kumquat. Thank you, Gary. Like it's sea not prunes. exactly like sea prunes, but it's close enough. And Aang remembers from when in, in the episode Bato, Bato of right? the Water Tribe, when they make sea prunes for him, and Aang is like, that is nasty. <laughs> and Aang's a vegetarian, so like, yeah. you know, the dude has tried some options, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. like he's had... Some, like, not-so-good black bean patties <laughs> and some really good black bean patties. Yeah. So you'd think he'd be a little more open-minded to, like, a sea prune, but it must be just disgusting. Oh, man. Can I just uh, say that the, the hunger sounds in this, yes. like, entire series, like, whenever you hear the... <laughs> like, oh, my God. They make me feel hungry It's probably myself, Bradley like, Baker. Every time I hear them. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and they do a successful job of making me... When Sokka's eating, be like, that looks really good. And then when Aang's telling Toph not to try it, me go, yeah, no, that yeah, doesn't actually, look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. such expressive. It's so weird how like, oh. Right. Yeah. Before they actually do get to the eating, I love there's a little scene inserted, uh, just a quick uh, a scene of Aang going into this shed nearby the, the inn. Yeah, I love that. And just giving mm. a head of cabbage yeah. to Appa. And then Momo being like, and Appa just spitting it out for him. <laughs> well, they're surrounded by hay. You know that Appa's all right. You know. Yeah. So but Momo should have taken herbs. like a chunk off and then given him the rest of that cabbage back because he yeah. can't eat that cabbage is bigger than him. We've talked about Momo's appetite before, though. Like he gets equal portions it's, when it's they're odd. rationing out yeah. to him and Appa. That's messed up. But Appa's clearly <laughs> doing all right. Um, yeah. But they get back to uh, the dinner scene, and Hama bends in front of them for the first time. She bends the soup from this big sort of serving dish out into their uh, individual bowls. And uh, they're like, oh my god, we didn't know you were a bender. And she says, yes, I was actually the last... I am the last surviving bender of the uh, of the water tribe. I was stolen away from my home. And then we get this big oh this man as a viewer as like a so fan great. of the show wasn't this just like one of the best moments where you're like oh yes we get to find out what happened. Like mm -hmm. it feels so 
cool yeah. to like get back get this backstory on yeah. s- this small like all right. we know about this tribe is that like There's kids like are that, basically yeah. running it now like katara and Sokka, and like their dad went off to war why aren't there other benders around yep. what happened where did this ship come from like all these questions that you kind of forgot you had yep are suddenly being answered yeah, and it's like mixed the into this person's backstory who right. is the central character of the episode it's some of my favorite storytelling of the show and also perfect like character specific background for the plot that unfolds in this show to like to give her self-justification mm-hmm. for what she does yeah, and absolutely. shout out to m matson who was on our uh on the show the a few episodes lady. ago yeah. Um, she was telling us off, I don't think we actually talked about, maybe we talked about this, about how, um, a lot of indigenous storytelling is passed through, like, word of mouth, like, this is that, this is her Mm. passing the story of what happened because there's no one else to tell it, Right. you know, they've never heard the story from Grand Grand because they're, she's not the bender who went through all of this, I don't know, that's like a whole nother layer to me, that's just, you know, she could have like, made a scroll that said all but she passed yeah. the story yeah. down like tradition. the traditional mm-hmm. way that would have been passed mm-hmm. so that's a lot of macro cool about this thing and the <laughs> micro cool is especially how they like break it down and how they show it to you i just love the way firstly like they we see this black soot snow like we've seen mm-hmm. before so uh when they first attack we see the volleys we see this battle um and waterbenders, you know, fighting firebenders, some of them being taken away in nets. So they were like taking away the benders specifically. Yeah. And then there's this, yeah. th- this mon, ah, oh, I don't even know exactly how to say it. Like this sequence that is um, Hama heading a group of waterbenders, lifting the ship from the first episode that we saw lifted on ice uh, mm. that they set off traps in accidentally. And she says, slowly our numbers dwindled. And it shows her in front of this group of them. And the rest of them slowly fade away until it's just her. And then there's a low cut of her isolated, slowly uh, like spiraling around her and tilting down to reveal that she is surrounded now by like a double row circle uh, completely around her. Just like the amount that that, like five seconds accomplishes in uh you know addition to the narration being given is like yeah blew my mind i was like that is beautifully mm. done mm. i feel like one thing that is definitely present in a lot of these stories especially from like the southern water tribe is like there's that undertone of a very obvious illusion in like american history that you can probably pick up on just by knowing anything about American history. (laughs) But um, what works so well here is like the specificity of like how the firebenders singled out the benders. Right. It is very much Mm -hmm. like how the U S government treats its native race, treated its native residents. And it was like, it's, it's very intelligent to like, broach it that way because like you you almost like feel like simultaneously while it is like a battle it's almost like oh my gosh that's like the those are the people's life forces those are those people who like Mm -hmm. 
are represent because you think of like every nation and then of the select few there are benders and then you take right. those away and it's like oh my god like you you use you lose the individuality you know it's yeah. like that's fucked up yeah I, I, oh, man. it's a very good touch like it's really good storytelling and like Gary was saying you lose you know which also ties to real life things like you're losing the people who transfer the stories of your mm. culture yeah totally I also I think I kind of breezed past the the best moment to say this but i love the first time we see full-on southern water tribe like when we saw it it was like a yeah dinky little like dink yes like yeah. maybe and 10 seeing them fight igloos. and like a dude like comes up out of the ground in like a little water wave right. and like fights and like we see there that are like large walls they were prepared for battle them, like in the northern water tribe mm. you know mm -hmm. like oh but now it's just Sokka's uh towers that he's like built by hand as a kid you know mm -hmm. that's what the difference is mm. there aren't benders to create stuff anymore yeah <laughs> so as right. hama's being taken away we see this shot of the remaining um southern water tribe people and the person in yeah. front has little tasselly things just like katara and makes me go grand grand, grand? <laughs> yeah that's what i said too mm. so it must be right right yeah. all of us I are think thinking so, yeah um so then we come back from this flashback. Uh, Hama says she was brought to these prisons. It was horrible. They treated them terribly. And she was the only one to escape. Sokka tries to press her a little bit more and ask her more questions. And she says, I'm sorry, it's too painful to talk about right now. And mm. Katara uses her empathy to be like, yeah, I, that's perfectly fine. I understand. You know, it's hard for us to talk about. We lost our mother to a raid. And she says, oh, which makes poor, us poor go. Children. Damn it, I did want to know, but you're right. Katara. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah. Like you aren't yeah. gonna push someone when you're reminded of yeah. something like that. Yep. But mm. uh Hama ends this conversation by saying she wants to bestow the practices of southern waterbending. Uh and she I wanna teach you what I know. Which knowing what happens in this episode, you know, it's so ominous. Yeah, she knew Katara was a waterbender too. Yeah, because um, like, because Katara never really said that. It was just... oh, she says you're a waterbender. I thought I was the only one. Oh, left. Right. that's that's okay, right. Got it. That was her line when she finds out. Thank you. That's right. I was like, wait. And then we cut to them going to train together. Um, mm. and I love the context that Hama gives of like, as uh people bending on the poles, especially like at the Southern Water Tribe, you get used to being surrounded by water by having snow and ice everywhere around you. Um, and Katara identifies with that saying, I remember being in the desert and just feeling like I had no control over anything. Um, and uh, Hama says, you need to be able to try and find water. There is water wherever you are. You just need to be able to find it. And Katara brings up how she just figured out that she could use her own sweat in the last episode. And I love the way Hama says, that's very resourceful, Katara. <laughs> I don't know. I I don't think there's a purposeful link here. It just makes me go, Master Piandao, hmm, very resourceful. You know, like, <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah. It takes a master to confirm resourcefulness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're right. That's a, that's a chart. <laughs> <laughs> Amount of resourcefulness versus, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, and then Hama <laughs> just extracts a bunch of water out of thin air. Um, and that makes you think b- about the desert episode. Right? I feel like what's cool about this is they kind of show us like, hey, if Katara was at this level then, right. maybe things would have been different. Sure. And that's the point of why they are learning. Like, that's also- obviously... You know what I mean? Like, I totally do. When we watch that episode again. It's like they weren't quite ready yet yeah. to handle something like that. Maybe now they could. You know, I do yeah. also. F- That's the whole show, though. Honestly, I do also feel like they address like sort of dry air, like where they are. Oh, seems yeah. to be like a f- like there's a level of humidity to it. But she even mm-hmm. talks later about when she is going into her prison uh, experience that they tried to keep the air as dry as possible. Like yeah. yeah, so maybe you know maybe, maybe she still would they would have been fucked, but yeah. they could have bent something out of the cactus or something, or bent some water out of that bee juice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Hama creates these like finger spikes out of the That's water so from cool. thin air. The animation of it like forming around it. her fingers and then solidifying into ice spikes. That's such a creepy touch. It's so good. Yeah, it's like it's kind of creepy. Yeah. These open your this mind whole training... to the possibilities, Katara. <laughs> yes. Everything about like all what all I wrote about the entire training, everything mm-hmm. is that it's all whoa, that's dope. Wait, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like everything when yeah. she like extracts water from the air as she's doing it you're like that's dope and then she her it like zooms in on her creepy hand with her <laughs> pointy nails yeah. and, yeah. and then when she shoots it at the tree i don't know there's yeah. just something about no, it totally. that's creepy and then later she like extracts water from flowers and as she's doing it you're like that's really cool and then when it does the wide shot of these flowers losing their color you're yeah. like this oh. makes me feel unsettled I, a little. I love her switch too, because like at the first, it's just like fire lilies, the most beautiful flower that only bloom yep. once a year. And then as soon as she does all that stuff, she's like, oh, they're just flowers. It doesn't matter. Right. And yeah. I'm like, whoa, yep. that's some heartless, that's a heartless turn. It's really oh, good. Yes. And yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. Can I just say too, like, I, I just love that. Um, like there, there's always just like these little touches that kind of like you just go along with it and you're like, I want to do that. Oh, yeah, totally. Maybe not like that. <laughs> and then like you're, yep. yeah. you just immediately feel yeah. it's really good at building like the feeling of being unsettled. Yeah. Because like y- you keep thinking like I'm going to eventually click with this woman who's teaching because she's a master. I have to like eventually right. have that moment where I'm like, totally. But you, you're trying, but, you, yeah. but yeah, but you never have it because it's just like there's something weird. There's I don't know yep. what this is, and it's like really oh, I love that. Yeah, even we try not to, but skipping ahead a little bit, like she has put her, she has dis- made the decision to put trust into this person, which was super solidified when she found out that she was from the Southern Water Tribe and is a waterbending master. So all mm-hmm. these like little indicators of this is kind of creepy, but I need to trust uh, affect yeah. the way she like if she had just straight up found out that this woman was a bloodbender right away, she would have been like, whoa, no, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. she's gone through all of this yeah. experience of being like, that's a little uncomfortable, but it's fine because of because she's yeah. this. Uh, that's but it's fine. She doesn't outwardly immediately object when she finds out what's really going on. Um, totally. 
you can tell like with uh both the great vocal performance and great animation katara's struggling to like but i want to like i want this yeah, to be okay like, yeah continue to justify it yeah yeah totally i oh, love yeah. the the ending of that fire lily scene which I, I i love the animation of we touched on a lot of that um she katara expresses like hey isn't it dangerous to go into the woods at night like that's where we're gonna train and she was like uh, uh hama says oh two master waterbenders under a full moon i think we'll be fine and like she knows they're gonna be fine because she's the one doing creepy shit <laughs> but also like she also kind of has a point like what yeah. would come up against them you know yeah the danger totally. that arises is within the two of them. Well, it's like an, it's another it's another backtrack because she did it with the flowers and she's like, oh yeah, pretty flowers, nope, right. And then she's like, it's dangerous to be in the woods. And then immediately right. she invites Katara out in the woods. She's right. like, that's ah, not dangerous to be in the woods. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's really great because like yeah. that is like the there's a witch energy about her in general, and I feel yeah. like. There's just that general. It's like almost like Baba Yaga. That's kind of how I picture her. Mm. She's very much wow. like, like, master of her own domain. Yeah, yeah. And and like she's like, oh, I don't have anything to worry about in the woods. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> like I own yeah. these woods. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Also, there's scary. there's more detail. Like even just specifically the animation of of her face. There's more detail in her face, and when she mm-hmm. speaks. There is a more detailed like movement of her lips, you know, like when she like makes the lines. Yeah, because of the the sort of wrinkle lines in her lip, like especially when she she does like an ooh vowel and her lips have to purse in front of her, like just mm. I don't know, I noticed it and it was another addition of like unsettling because it's usually not pronounced enough to notice in characters, you know. Yep. Uh mm. I don't know. Meanwhile, while they're doing this training, uh the gang notices that the nature is great around this area and there's probably not a nature spirit uh toff tries to blame it on the moon and Saka gets really 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 mad <laughs> um and then they which find is, someone uh, which is like one of those asides it's like a nice yeah, aside because yeah, it true. makes you think about like the water tribe even if it's very subtle it's like oh where right. did we see the moon last and then it's right. like oh water water benders yeah i guess that is a theme yep yeah um they see this person passing by and they find out there's only one man who experienced uh something with this uh phenomenon and lived and it was old man ding so they go and find <laughs> the perfect name old man ding for an old man who has who's like hammering yeah. boards up ding you know? <laughs> i'm old man ding i don't know it's just the perfect name yeah he like the... <laughs> the boards, smashes his thumb when they say his name yeah yeah like the only better name that could have been would be like old man Stubbs, and he just does like a bunch of like <laughs> busted fingers. <laughs> that that's the future of old man. Being. Yeah, I love it. He goes, "I'm not that old. Why do you keep calling me that?" And then he tries to pick up like a little wooden two by four, and he can't do it. Well, I'm young at heart. <laughs> um, but he gives them this contact. I actually, oh yeah. And I like that they all, they just help. Like, yep. Aang helps him pick yep. up the piece of wood. Uh, Sokka gets a hammer and nail. It's just, mm. I don't know, there's something very, uh, like, it doesn't feel like they're trying to persuade him to tell tell them stuff by helping him out. This seems like something they would do even if yeah. he was like, I'm not telling you nothing. Sokka's just right. a good guy. Yeah. Aang's just a good guy, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
totally. But he, he does tell them his experience, which is that he felt possessed. He felt he did not have control over his body. He uh, was forced to start walking towards the mountain. But just as soon as he was getting towards the entrance of the cave and thinking he was looking up at the moon for the last time, uh, the sun started to rise and he had control of his body again. Um, and so mm. he was able to escape. And Toph quickly makes the connection of the screaming that she heard, which I feel like if I hadn't... Well, yeah, I watched this episode twice and the first time I was watching it, I almost forgot about the screaming, to be honest. I did too. You know? mm. I, it's it's just like... There's a lot going on. In that, con- in that moment, it works great because we are scared. Mm-hmm. It's a creepy opening. And then you forget about it as you forget about what's scary about this episode. But that is the one thing mm-hmm. that has not been eased. Yep. Because everything else we can be like, oh, okay, right. you know. But that is the one thing that there's just no explanation for that yet. Well, it's yep. interesting too that like she has that moment in the first basically scene without Hama. Mm-hmm. Like Toph is not there with Hama. And then she has that moment of like, oh, wait, we have to get back to that thing that we started this right. whole thing on. Which is. Yeah. Hama's great. been distracting them. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Hama totally overheard her either way because she overheard yeah. the story, which she admits later. Right. So. They're even like the stuff we're not seeing. I can imagine Hama being really distracting on purpose. Yep. Mm. Well, uh, night falls and the full moon starts to rise and Hama and Katara are in the woods and Hama starts talking about, you know, feeling the power of, of the full moon rising and the animation of her veins okay. just swelling yeah. and her the standing sound? up straight. The sound. It's it sounds like like a piece of wood being like stretched to just before you know. Yeah. I don't even know how to make the sound myself, but it makes my veins hurt (laughs) watching this. Yep. Yeah, and she says, "Hama says I have never felt more alive," which is a great cutaway line. She says that, and we cut to Sokka, Ang, Toph coming to this cave entrance. Uh, Sokka being like, I can't see anything down there. And Toph being like, yeah, that's why you have me. Come on. <laughs> I just love that she's like, duh. <laughs> like, what, like, it's Also, fine. like, the number of, like, really good blind-related jokes in this series is yeah. really great. Because she's just like, I mean, I don't really know how many times I have to tell you. I can't <laughs> right. see things. Like, right. And she says it in so many different ways. She's just like, yeah. well, like, even in, like, the last episode, she's like, yeah. Well, it sounds like a piece of paper, you right. idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man, yeah. Um, I and do then like. She probably, um, huh? Oh, I just wanted to say one thing about the line. I've never felt more alive. I think it's yeah. a really good line because, mm. like, the whole thing that we just saw from Hama is that she takes life away from things mm. to get the water, and then this water yeah. is like this essence of life, and so she's like she's feeling more alive but at what cost right and like i i love that notion it just is like a really good key or into like what do you do what's next yeah what oh it's really good it's really creepy i'm sorry i just had to like bring it up because like that was one of my favorite parts of the episode i think no yeah absolutely thank you and again tress mcneil her delivery in this Mm -hmm. final scene because again she's been playing the line but this is where we're like Oh no, she's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, 
And then uh, Toph, after saying, like, yeah, this is why you have me to see in the dark, but also this is why you have me, I'm just going to bust open this metal door with no problem at all. Um, mm-hmm. And they get into this cave, and there's a bunch of people uh, uh, chained up to the walls and to pillars. And uh, they start saying, oh, my God, we're saved. Someone has finally come. And they've clearly been down here a long time. It's really messed up. Uh, and they say, no, this was not a spirit that did this. It, it, uh, someone says, it was a witch. Um, and someone else chimes in and says, she looked like a normal old woman, but like some sort of dark puppet master. And mm. That's when the connection is made. A connection is made. Um, is Hama. Uh, yeah, Sokka goes, because he remembers how creeped out he was by those puppets. And uh, realizes what's going on here. And this is when we cut back and we get another flashback sequence to what happened after Hama was uh, captured. They were brought to these inhumane prison uh situations where they were kept away from any water they kept the air dry uh they kept them away from the ground and when they i you know i started to think because i forgot this detail in this episode i was like well wouldn't they need to drink water to like remain alive are they just like you know completely uh starving them to death but they serve them water from like a bowl on a long pole but they chain them up first with their hands and legs immobile so that they can't bend any water and it's almost more fucked up <laughs> like i don't yeah I, morally it's, i don't know this where to whole those, story makes you go yeah, i mean i get why she turned yeah you know what yeah. i mean yeah. that's the whole point of like <laughs> a lot of the shows uh dive into morals mm. is to show you that it's not as simple as like water tribe good fire nation bad yeah. It is like bad people can push good people to do bad things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is like the biggest example of that. Like she's lost everyone. She's been taken from everyone she loves. Yep. So much time has gone by where she's been. She says when, when she actually describes escaping, she says, I was able to escape that place for the first time in decades uh decades okay so she's there for at least 20 years 20 to 30 i'm guessing like 30 years in this prison being fed water from a long pole being chained up when you do she found what water was nearby like it's Mm -hmm. so creepy and so fucked up but a hundred percent i get why she did it you know and that's so smart and well done she finds these rats that are in okay. the prison, and the, the first way she phrases animation. It, just real quick, the way she phrases okay. it is: the rats occurred to me as just skin filled with liquid. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, and then we see her put that into example when she does the first example of bloodbending ever against a rat and its hairs all stand on end because it's like what the fuck is happening to me (laughs) you know what i mean i don't know something about that moment always makes me go really unsettling i've never sympathized for a rat like that though (laughs) that's true yeah 
but I do hear, I do sympathize. Yeah. Um, and uh, she reveals what she calls this blood bending. We've already said it in the episode, but it's kind of a big reveal. She she um, did she did brand it well. Like I yeah. would say, <laughs> it's pretty catchy. <laughs> like it is good. It's like yeah. I got it got me saying it. Like, right. Yeah. Um, and then she says, uh, after a while practicing on these rats, I was ready for the men. And the next full moon oh. came around, and she blood bends this guy uh, with the keys to over to unlock her door, and then like slams him down. And just think about, I mean, the way she phrases, I was able to be uh, to make the hands that locked me up here release me from the cage, mm. like how. Yeah vindicating that must feel like yeah yeah but it's but that that is like representative how of how that 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 sort of isolation would play on your mind because like you become fascinated with like a very interesting part of it it's like the thing Mm -hmm. she fixated on was like i have to get the jailer's keys because it's the jailer who put me in here so i must go through him to get out which is a really weird way of like twisting your mind into that like perspective it's really cool it's like absolutely it's like from that point on she is clearly like this is a person of her own volition in such an interesting way that's like whoa what that what is that way of thinking is very right unsettling it's great yeah yeah and i don't think it was like an accident that this dude we see her take over is really young looking yeah, it's probably not the guy who's been uh, yeah. guarding her this whole time. Probably mm. just someone employed to go do this. It's just another layer of like, you know, mm. so many people are mixed up in this mess of shit. Um, mm. And it also makes me think you see her escape. She it has been decades, but she's clearly decades younger than now. Yeah. Fuck. What has she been up to? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> We know that this group of people under the mountain is from this last year. Right. So, like, where yeah, was she before this? She what was she doing? I, I like, I, yeah. Oh. See, like, I like that this this writing and this horror structure, I'm sorry, horror structure. Horror. <laughs> sorry. Horror. I've created a new beast. Yeah, not the other. Um, like, the, the structure itself, it, like, it doesn't really, like, hold your hand the whole time. It's very yeah. much like... Well, from this point on, we don't know anything about her, so you make it up. Right. And like, I yeah. love that because, like, that's the part of a good. That's what makes it scary is like the part you yep. don't know, and you're just like, yep. what? Yeah, what has she been doing up until then? Like, I imagine there was an innkeeper before that she like took over or something. Oh like yeah, you know, it's creepy. It's so good. Oh man, uh, and the way K- Katara immediately like. I, I don't know about this. Like, I'm not feeling <laughs> good, uh, very good about uh, that. And she says, it is your duty as, like, one of the remaining waterbenders in this world to use your gifts to win this war. Like, that's where she Really that's good m- argument. Mind frame. She is like, ooh, yeah. And then uh, there's this close-up on her. And this is where... Her face really starts like lowering. We get this extreme close up on her face, and her face starts contorting, <sighs> and it's animated slightly differently from here on out for the rest of the episode. And I feel like she is truly showing 
her face, you know, she has been putting yep. on a pleasant face to try and lure her in to accomplish her goal of recruiting her for her cause. And she says, uh, they locked me up in a cage and they deserve the same. And it's like, it's also, you know, the generalizations like fire nation is what did this. So all fire nation people deserve this, but these are just random people in the town that she's yeah. affecting. Yeah, it's exactly mm -hmm. what Gary was just saying. Like how, yeah. like it's not black and white, and she wants to paint it as black and white, right? As yeah, much man. as like she herself is this like unique case. It's like Jet times a thousand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Jet yeah. was the first time in the show that we were like, oh, it's not just Fire Nation people that can be bad, you know? Like yeah. he was. Yeah, like that old Fire Nation point. man ended up being the guy that vouched for Sokka and saved right. the town. Yeah. So that was the first and we've seen examples again and again, but water the water tribe are untouchable you know, almost. Yeah. Untouchable sort of. Yeah. yeah. At this point Except in the Master show, Paku. Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Paku was like a misog a misogynist dick, but when it came yeah. down to it, like Yeah, you he, know, he was he still trying to train aside. people he just had fucked up ideas for the side of good yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but this is like i don't know the first water nation person we're seeing really turn in like an mm, evil a way um mm -hmm. katara outright refuses to learn the method and her arm <laughs> twists around and like behind her back and just the way it's animated makes me uh shiver and yes uh hama does point out a very good point immediately she's like you should have learned my method before you refused <laughs> yeah. to like really good you point. stood up yeah. to me <laughs> it's like yeah. yeah maybe not a bad uh point but also like she's <laughs> categorically against it yeah. and then just something about the way hama like her hand yes, and arm formation when say. she makes uh, Katara yeah. bow. Yep. I don't know. There and is the just shot something with the moon about right it. over her shoulder too, and the yep. the lighting sort of with her face and shade and this backlight and oh, it's beautifully animated to be mm. extremely unsettling. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's the same hand movements she was using to the rats, right? Yeah. So it's like mm. she's treating Katara like a rat, a skin filled with fluid, yep. like. Yeah. She gets Katara down into this bow and she's like, you know, sort of on her hands and knees. And then the water starts draining from the grass around Katara's hands. Anime moment. Oh, man, it's uh, so good. I wrote down, this is just an anime moment. <laughs> because the line is literally, she says, my bending is more powerful than yours, yeah. Mama. Yeah. Your technique is useless yeah. on me. Wow, like, that is such anime. a, like... Yeah. Naruto, like <laughs> Dragon Ball Z, like Speed Racer. my technique is more powerful than yours. Yeah, it's, it's useless yeah. on you, yeah. you know. But it, <laughs> though, because of like how good this episode is, you allow it. It yeah. is so totally. awesome. Yeah, you know, totally. it's so good. I love the line right before that too that she's pointing out. You're not the only one that's drawing power from the moon. Like we are mm. both boosted by this. Mm -hmm. That's why mm -hmm. she's able to break it. And then <laughs> this waterbending battle breaks out, and Hama just starts making trees just disappear. Like these trees yeah. just dissolve. Actually, rips maybe the, water the from most them. unsettling thing she does other than bloodbending. Yeah. Because yeah. that's obviously the most unsettling yeah, I mean, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when she makes these trees, 
hundreds just, of years of life just oh, become water. Like oh. yeah. Um, like back. <laughs> oh god. And then she sends this huge blast of water at Katara, and Katara just ref- deflects it basically in a hemisphere mm-hmm. away from here. It's not even like she that created an orb it is so around cool. her. It's she pushed it back, you know, she yeah. exploded it back the other way. And then there's that recognition moment of the droplets yeah. and their reflections, Katara and then Hama, like close up with the droplets with their reflections in them. Hama in just being like, oh, she's shit. Like, oh, she's powerful. <laughs> um, Aang and Sokka show up and they say, well, it looks like you're outnumbered. And Hama says, actually, you've just outnumbered yourselves. <laughs> Yeah. Burn. Dude, <laughs> this whole fight shouldn't be this dope. Yeah. Like this whole yeah. concept oh, is yeah. just Oh my god. Oh, it's so cool. Uh Hama starts using these like discs of water, like mm-hmm. a vertical disc around in front of her and then one like sort of in a belt sort of around her and there's just this incredible choreography with the bending and uh Katara is able to um isolate and ice Aang and Sokka to trees to sort of subdue them and then Hama breaks it and sends them rushing at each other with Sokka with his oh. sword held out and Aang like about to be the avatar the fate of the world <laughs> about to be stabbed by Sokka's sword and then yeah. suddenly they stop and they're able to control their bodies again and we notice behind them Hama has started twitching and we see Katara and just, oh, the look on her face, recognizing that mm. this is what she has to do in order to stop the situation. Bloodbending Hama and mm. making her get down to the ground and bow. And then these escapees that uh, Toph told Aang and Sokka to leave while she actually freed them all. She comes rushing with all these escapees and people basically take Hama into custody and... uh but Hama is fine, which is so unsettling because yeah, she accomplished worst, man. what she wanted to. And that's what she says. She says, my work is done. Congratulations, yeah. Katara. You're a bloodbender. And then she just laughs and is taken away. Katara, like, falls to her knees, is, you know, supported by the others around her, and just fades to white. Mic drop. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You're a blonde bender now. I, I gotta say that as a kid, when I was watching this, there to me are several moments throughout the entire series where the entire series just shifts. It like mm. kicks up a gear, but yeah. like another way to describe it would be like, it, it almost like it turns. It just like, yeah. you thought it was going to go this way and then it turns. Like the first one to me is when Zhao tries to get the moon yeah like when he yep. first is wow. like i'm gonna get the moon you're just like that's fucking oh. possible what do you mean <laughs> like, like, like you're here like you don't comprehend what he's doing which is yeah. great the second moment to me is when jet gets uh Hypnotized uh yeah like brainwashed. yeah brainwashed in, in lake lao guy and then judy is a different person yep and then the third one for up. me is is hama like yeah it it is like for me like the whole arc of just like she is so creepy because she's just like like what i like into her like i'm now thinking about it she reminds me a lot about um of uh 
if you've ever played Arkham Knight, she I've played is, bits and pieces actually. But you don't need okay. to play too much of it to know because like Scarecrow is the main villain in that game. Yeah. And Scarecrow Ooh. is a great villain in general because he's all about fear and horror and mm-hmm. all that terror and all that. So like one of his lines in like, I don't know if it was the trailer that it was coming out or early on in the game, whatever it is. One of his lines is like he's addressing all of the people in this crazy scenario he's made and he breaks down every single person. He's addressing each person that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the list, he gets to Batman, who's going to be facing him. And he says to Batman, I've already won. <laughs> and like, it's just like a great line because it's such an undercut. And yeah. this is exactly what Hama does in this, where it's yeah. just like, say what you want, Katara, whether you wanted to or not, I did it. So you yeah. are in my position now. And it, oh. yeah, if it, it screws up, yeah, that that just like screws up Katara's personality in, in mm-hmm. general. Yeah, like, and I think it is that, now a piece of her. Yeah, and that is, and I it's think, all been good pieces. A so far. really big shift when she has been such a rock the entire show. Yeah, absolutely. Like, this is like the moment where everyone recognizes, like, no, this is she needs help. Like in this moment, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. She has I, been supporting us. We got to support her now. And yeah, and I love that even in this moment, she doesn't feel powerless. She, right. She's like, and almost she exhibited the most power, but at the right. same time, mm-hmm. like vulnerable with showing power, which I think is a realistic take on wow. what a person yeah. is, which is like, oh my God. Yeah, I, That's I wanted point. to do this episode specifically because of that moment, because it was just like, it, I did not. And it, it just ends. The episode yep. just ends. You feel sad. Yeah, and it, when it ended, you I was don't like, get what? relief. You don't. You don't. <laughs> Especially with the framing of the show, too. It's not every single day. You sometimes skip a couple days or a week. So we don't know if the next time we see the gang, if it'll be like, all right, we're going to talk about what the fuck just happened. Right. <laughs> or if it's going to be like a week later and the whole gang has been like, fucked because of katara's like sad growth you know what i mean yeah well uh here's your moment of relief let's talk about a kid moment of the week (laughs) (laughs) yes we made you should have a theme for that surprisingly a funny episode for for it being scary and i think that's one of my favorite things about the genre of uh horror is that when done well it can be anything it can be funny it can be dramatic Mm -hmm. and this episode is surely both um for me, uh, I wrote down, I can't even really remember the moment that well, but it was the way it was animated mm-hmm. when Sokka gets really freaked out when uh, Hama shows up in the beginning. He like passes out oh. in a funny way. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote that down. Mm-hmm. Aang not being like, don't eat don't eat the sea prunes. Yeah, right. <laughs> I thought they were oh, ocean oh, kumquats. Yeah. Either it way. It doesn't matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, Kevin, did you did you write any down? I did. I, I think there's two for me. It's like that cutaway that we talked about, the film strip almost like of yeah. Sokka falling asleep. I love that. Yep. And then I love the moment with Momo and Appa because we don't really see them the entire show. <laughs> That's right. And then they're just like, yeah, they're they're doing their thing. They're there. <laughs> like, oh, man. I also have two, and this is hard. There's a lot of good options. I mean, old man ding. I just yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. not that old. Um, and then there's just a brief moment 
for relief for the kids at how scary and tense it has gotten and how good this fight choreography is in that last fight when katara freezes ang to a tree she goes uh sorry ang and just from off screen you just hear it's okay <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> um it's that made me laugh i don't know but i like both i like all of the ones both of you brought up too uh the sleeping is really good I feel like that's the one that's sticking out to me right now. I feel like we give out it to of Sokka all of ours. so much, though. I mean, it's it's the it's the role he plays in the show. But sleeping, what do you think? Yeah, I think I agree with yeah. that. All right, let's go with the sleeping. I mean, because <laughs> sleep it. I don't know how I'll ever fall asleep. <sighs> like, totally <laughs> passed out. Um, well, that's it. Sokka gets another kid moment of the week to add to his roster. Um, what uh, an incredibly written episode. Yeah. Um, and what a great discussion about it, too. Kevin, thank you so much for your insights and for hopping on the show. Oh, my uh, pleasure. Yeah, like when I was growing up, I just loved this show. And any, I, I love that you all are just dissecting it because it really, I think there's just something about animation that immediately kind of says to people, oh, you don't have to take this seriously. It's not that yeah, you can can't but it's just like you don't have to so they always put that pretense on you right but i find that animations probably like this one specifically has given me so much value and like it's really good storytelling world building and like also just like juxtaposition like you start completely yeah. in different places than when you end up and like you do feel like you just went on a journey throughout every episode and and it feels i want to yeah yeah, and I want to give a shout out to my little brother because he loves this show, and like oh, I, nice. I remember watching it with him, and uh, like just like oh man, he, he just would like be just as stoked as I was, and like and, and every kid who watched this show was like immediately out in their backyard hitting trees. I'm a bender. Yeah, yeah, which I love, and thank you for taking the time to honor it because it's like it's really a worthwhile show to dissect, and it's not every day Absolutely. that people pick it up because it it is it's got some yep. volume, and I don't think it's worth remaking it. They got it perfect. No, the first just time. let it lie. Yeah, it's just don't. Yeah, don't Hollywood. And when you think about how much, how many people worked, how many hours to make something happen, it deserves a little dissection, but. Mm. Does it deserve another group of people working that hard again to make something that might just not be quite as good? I feel like that's always yeah. my thing is yeah. like, oh, so many people have to work so hard to make things. Yeah. Why can't you just like put them to work on something new? Right. Anyway, that might be a discussion for a future yeah. episode. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you all for listening to us uh, uh, dissect and gab on about this incredible show. Um, if you're looking for another sort of audio medium entertainment to listen to, uh, you can check out our actual Play Dungeons & Dragons podcast, Legendary 4 Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. Uh, that can be found on legendary4.com, just like all of these episodes. All those episodes all have comment sections that you can reach out to us you can also find us on social media uh facebook instagram twitter all at new lens pod thank you to sophina sago for our cover art check out if you're able to those donation links to how you can help out the black lives matter movement uh, i try and feature a different one so that you're not overwhelmed by a giant list uh so you can join me in contributing to those and 
I think with our new no, we've got we've got one more episode before we talk about a movie. So we'll be back with Avatar on Sunday. Yeah, Sunday. This comes awesome. out Sunday. You know, you know right now because you're hearing it. Okay. Anyway. Yes. It, uh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. I'm Calvin, and I'm Gary, and I'm Kevin, and this is a new lens.